everybody welcome back to the fin factor i'm paul i'm aaron this is episode number 174 and uh aaron before we even get started i just want to point out a couple of things here from ben and gunsry uh he's already got comments going and uh we just opened up the show my goodness um ben wanted to know he says i've watched the previous episode the other day and i can't believe paul didn't even spend a split second to get on <laughs> noah as about four or five games span before last week guy tried so hard to score an empty netter and failed back check defensively only to deflect the puck into his own net finally score a goal but coach's challenge took it away poor guy just can't catch a break going his way i was waiting for paul to get on him last week episode but it never came uh ben two things one are you sure i could have swore I, I've, I've been pretty consistently on him uh and, and that just seems like too much that uh that i missed if that wasn't the, the case there so um maybe i'll have to rewatch that one too if if i if i failed after all that uh to not say anything about noah gregor i apologize profusely uh and the second thing of course is uh i deny all of the thing everything i just said obviously noah gregor is awesome and amazing and uh i'll get to why i'm saying that a little bit later on in the show aaron probably knows what i'm talking about but uh if you guys could we would certainly appreciate if you can hit that like button, that subscribe button, if you're not already subscribed, that'd be awesome. The most important way that you can support the show, though, if you can hit us with that share, hit us with that retweet. Uh, if, you, if you're going to be enjoying the show, I'm sure your friends and family that are uh, Sharks fans as well would love to come in and chat with us. So uh, get them in here. Get them chatting. Get them talking. Uh, would love to see that chat flowing, just like it was last week. Last week was a ton of fun, right, Aaron? Yeah, it was. We just stunk. <laughs> <laughs> That was great last week, man. We had uh, we had some folks from New Jersey popping by, and uh, speaking of New Jersey, of course, we'll recap a little bit the trade that went down with uh, Timo Meyer, Scott Harrington, Zach Emond, Santeri Hataka, Timur Ibragam, ain't gonna work here anymore, and a 2024 uh, fifth round pick from Colorado going over to New Jersey, and the Sharks pick up Andreas either Johnson or Janssen. Uh, both uh, Randy Hunt and Brett Hedekin were uh, kind of going back and forth. Uh, on that one but uh we'll say what do you want to say on this show Aaron? you want to say johnson or Janssen? i think it's Janssen. you want to go with Janssen? because randy said johnson uh it could be one of those names where they just say do whatever you want okay good so andreas uh comes to the sharks along with fabian zetterland nikita ahoychuk i think i got that right shakir mukhamadulin and a 2023 first a 2024 second that is conditional as well as a uh, 2024 uh, seventh round pick. I'm curious if the 2024 seventh and fifth round picks that got swapped is that was really necessary or uh, if they're just counting pennies at that point. That's the Joe Will special, man. He hoards the seventh round picks. Absolutely <laughs> loves them. But he gave up a fifth and got one seventh. I don't know. It's kind of strange. Uh, I'm anyway. sure they wanted a pick. They wanted something coming back. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So any anything else uh, about this trick? I know we talked about it last nah. week. I don't know if you want to yeah, we covered, any of it, but we covered this one last okay, last good, week. Good, good. So, yeah. I do want to say uh Anthony Sanchez says personally glad Timo is gone. Oh man, I don't know if are we glad that he's gone? Maybe. I don't know. I mean, I I think glad in the sense that um I'm glad the Sharks didn't sign him to another eight year extension like they did with everyone else. So good riddance to the eight year extensions. I think I think they're terrible for the team. I think um Really, the only way that those would pay off in value is if you sign a 22 or 23-year-old phenomenal player, generational player for eight years to lock them up until they're like 30, 31, then do their new contract and at that point get them for cheap. But it's so rare that I just don't I don't like the eight years. I like the three, maybe four-year deals at most and see where you go from there. 
problem with the three to four year deal is that uh, somebody else is willing to offer eight and then uh, you don't get that player. So uh, although three, four years seems ideal, sometimes you kind of have to go over and above. But uh, looking at the cut, the, uh, the, the chat here, at least we got Laura saying hi, boys. Debbie saying hi. All Anthony Sanchez. I'm sorry. Ben and Gunsry says uh, hi, everyone. And he also says Timo has that punch me face. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, Taylor taking a little bit of uh, exception with our show. He says, y'all, I love your show, but not when you go live. It's interfering with my bedtime. Don't worry, I'll sacrifice it for y'all. Hey, man, thank you so much for tuning in. We do appreciate you being here. Um, David says he's loving Eklund. That's great. Eklund got in uh, today. We'll be talking about that one, too. Uh, it's not pronounced Baba Booey. Don't, don't, don't go there, Grant's here. Uh, okay, so the other uh, trades that had gone on here, uh, and again, we'll, we'll ask you guys to maybe give a grade later on. Don't do it just yet, but uh, keep that in mind as we're talking here. Uh, from Anaheim, we get Henry Thrun for the Sharks' 2024 third-round pick. This is a guy that's got top four defenseman potential. Um, you kind of likened him to a Mario Ferraro. Is that correct? In the sense that you're not the same type of player, but like think of quality-wise, Mario Ferraro was drafted in the second round. This guy, um, Thrun, was drafted in the fourth round, but we traded a third-round pick for him. So imagine trading a third-round pick or drafting a guy in the third round and you're going to get someone that's going to be playing the top four, similar to Ferraro, where they're they can move the puck. They're not, you know, they're not completely stone hands here. They can shoot and and score some goals. But um, the only knock that it, that some of the scouts had said this is according to uh, San Jose Hockey Now is that his skating wasn't great. But I think we know of a place right that he could probably <laughs> go to to work on that skating. A place so amazing that if a professional hockey player went there, I'm sure they could tweak him because it's it's a place that you could take a soccer player and turn <laughs> him into a skater, perhaps. Uh, of course, we're talking about uh, extra hour training facility. If you've not checked out that episode, episode number one at 172, please, after the live is done, forego even more sleep and check that episode out because it is awesome. It's hilarious. Uh, you get to see this guy over here attempting to skate. And uh, hey, man, no falls. And we had some surprise guests. I don't want to give everything away if you haven't seen it yet. But the surprise guests were actually uh, pretty impressed with you there, Aaron. So, yeah, uh, uh, I mean, at least sarcastically they were. Yeah, so that's, that's something, right? They're being honest. It's a little bit anyway, of something there. <laughs> this guy, Henry Thrun, uh, is not signed. So he got drafted by the Ducks. He's playing for Harvard, right? And um his if you don't sign the guys that you draft uh three years after you draft them they become free agents so after this summer i think it's august 1st he has to be signed by anaheim or he's going to become a free agent and he let it be known to them that he will not be signing mainly because anaheim now is kind of their organizational depth has kind of got clogged up with um other defensemen that have kind of gone past him so his path to the nhl is a little bit murkier so it's it's um, the Sharks knew this and they this is the reason that they they draft or they uh, traded their draft pick for him. So um, it's funny. I didn't get the clip in here because it was so short. But Mike Greer was asked about, OK, what are the chances of you signing? And he kind of like smirked, smiled and kind of giggled a little. And he goes, I think they're pretty good. And he's like, we, we kind of then he kind of like composed himself. And he's like, uh, we're banking on that Boston connection because he. Harvard out in Boston and Mike Greer's from out there and he went out and played out there too. So um, there's a bunch of different ties to this guy. So Todd Marchant um, used to be the player development. I don't know if it's a coach player development personnel for Anaheim. So he, he's kind of, he was brought onto the sharks by Mike Greer earlier this year. So he knows him very well. 
And this is a role that the Sharks did not have previously. And essentially what this person does, what Todd Marchant does, is when a player gets drafted, they are constantly in touch with them, seeing them in person, making, you know, being a mentor. Because Todd Marchant used to play for, for the Oilers and for a long time. I think he played for Anaheim too. Um, but um, just getting that extra touch on those on those guys so that they feel like they are progressing and they're going to be getting to the NHL. You know, you're kind of like your higher end draft picks, your higher end um, prospects that will most likely be making the jump to the NHL. That was his role. And that's what he does now with the Sharks. So I think he had inside knowledge. Now I, they're not allowed to talk contract talks before the draft or before the trade. So I don't think they didn't know for sure, but I'm sure they had a good bet that, uh, he wanted to come over or maybe not come to the Sharks, but at least get out of Anaheim because um, he did let it be known that he was going to be UFA. So I'm excited about this. I think this might be a little bit of an underrated trade here that uh, the Sharks are going to reap the benefits. Maybe not right away, but maybe we might see him at the end of the season after Harvard's done. Um, for sure, he'll probably be at the Barracuda. Mm-hmm. Might see some games for the Sharks at the very end of the season, depending on how late Harvard and Frozen Four and if they get there and all that goes. So anyway, what do you think? Uh, I'm I'm excited about it. I think at, at first it was kind of like, okay, who, right? Um, <laughs> but then you kind of get the a uh, little bit of the scouting report on the guy, and it sounds like you know for for someone who's got like a top four uh, potential on the blue line there, um, you look at the guys that you've drafted and the the potential for a player going in a specific round uh, to be able to even make the show, right? Uh, so I mean. A third round pick for a guy who's projected to be um, not just in the NHL, but, you know, middle of the pack on on the blue line there. Um, that's to me is a good gamble. And I'd be happy to take that, especially it's a 2024. So it's not like a 2023 pick, which is this coming one here. Right. Yeah. So was that exactly? Yeah, yeah, it's next next draft. So, I mean, uh, again, um, happy to roll the dice, I think, on this guy. And I mean, obviously, time will tell. We'll see how it goes. Uh, I've got no other information on him whatsoever. So uh, I'm I'm assuming that the uh, Sharks development folks and uh, scouting department know what they're doing here. So, but you know, again, it's, it's a lot of change in, in the, the front office and everything. So um, there was a lot of success with the Sharks in drafting in later rounds uh, under um, the management of Doug Wilson and Doug Wilson Jr. Um, now things are a little bit different there. So who knows in terms of uh, what they're going to value uh, the things that they're going to see out of these picks. So we may not see that level of success with this current group of scouting staff. Uh, but who, who knows? I mean, uh, I, again, for me, if, if there's a known quantity, you know that the guy projects to be about, uh, you know, that level of player and you're willing to give up that third round pick for it, I say go for it. Because uh, otherwise you're just kind of rolling the dice on whoever might be available. Uh, maybe not exactly your guy. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with this and I'm happy to see where it goes. Uh, another guy who is pretty happy and makes me happy too. Noah Claxton, uh, nothing like a fin factor Monday night stream. Noah, thank you for, uh, <laughs> always being here <laughs> to appreciate you. Uh, every time we have a show, man, he's in the, he's in the stream. I love it. Uh, we've got a lot of people that are, are showing up, uh, all the time. I want to say thank you guys again, uh, for making this as, as much fun as it is. Uh, I love doing the live shows. I know you, some of you guys lose sleep for it, but, uh, it's, it's definitely worth it. And, uh, certainly do love talking with you guys. Okay. Um, Tampa Bay lightning, uh, Michael Asimont. Now this is a guy that we picked up off of waivers, uh, Winnipeg jets, put on waivers and the sharks snatched him up. He came out, played really well with the sharks. Um, not so much points wise, but in terms of hustle, 
uh, you know, the, all the, all those the intangibles that you want from a player, the Mike Greer guys, right? Uh, and AC Mont was exactly that and did a great job coming in and showing that he has value, that he has worth so much to the point that Tampa Bay wanted him. So uh, Tampa Bay picks him up for uh, Vladislav Nemesnikov. Vladislav Nemesnikov. Uh, so, man, all these names, man, it's rough. But anyway, uh, those they get traded for each other, right? And then, of course, uh, Nemesnikov gets flipped uh, to Winnipeg for a 2025 fourth-round pick. So essentially what happened here was Winnipeg traded Esimont to Tampa Bay for Nemesnikov and paid the Sharks a fourth to watch, right? I mean, yeah. that's what happened. It, it's kind of weird that that's strange? how it worked out, right? Like, they basically I mean, could have... Why didn't they just trade a fourth-round pick directly to Winnipeg for AC Milan? <laughs> they probably would have actually traded him for less, honestly. Well, I mean, they, they could have just traded the two players for each other and been done, but instead, like... No, I think... I think um, because AC Mont played, people got to see like how what he can do in the NHL. Yeah, um, getting more minutes than he would have in in Winnipeg um, because the Sharks' depth is just not there. So, right. and he worked his tail off. Um, and I don't another clip I didn't put in here because I had so many Greer clips, but another one from Greer from this from the post uh, post game the other night uh, was asked about AC Mont, and he said he did a tremendous job. He said. Um, uh, Mikey played hard and he took advantage of his opportunity and that made Tampa Bay want him and good on him for doing that. Um, it's not that he wanted to trade him that Tampa Bay is the one that went out and reached out and specifically asked about Ace because Tampa Bay is so far up against the cap that they can only add players like Ace that are very low level deals that are going to work their tails off. And that's exactly the player that they're looking for. So almost like another Barkley Goudreau situation from before <laughs> the Sharks got a fourth round instead of a, first round pick that they did for Gaudreau yeah I mean good on Mikey for for showing the league essentially what he can do um get going from being a guy who is getting um put on waivers to being traded to a team who's going to have a chance at contending for a cup I mean that's good on him for for you know stepping up and showing the league what he can do and not only that for bringing the Sharks some value in the form of a draft pick uh, in return so uh absolutely great job by him um I kind of would have liked to see, you know, uh, if you were able to stay with the the group. Um, but, I mean, who knows? Maybe he goes to UFA afterwards. Well, actually, he'll be an RFA with them. Is that correct? I know he would have been a UFA with the Sharks had he stayed. He was going to be a UFA because that was another question. They said, yeah. wasn't he a restricted free agent? Why would you trade him? And he said, no, he was a UFA. But he doesn't elaborate. Mike Greer says that. But everywhere yeah. else, like on Cap Friendly and everything else, it always says RFA. So, And then you know what, he, what Greer said? Don't always believe everything you read online with a little smirk. <laughs> nah. <laughs> I think a little nice. Now, you had uh, some conversations uh, on Twitter, I believe, <laughs> regarding right. this player. So I originally had tweeted out, um, amazing asset management by Mike Greer, turning a waiver wire pickup of Acemont into a fourth-round draft pick. I thought that was great, right? Here's, yeah. cam- here's some cannon fodder. Nobody wanted this guy. He turns around and picks him up for free. And then ends up flipping him for a fourth round pick. I get a note from Jason Greger. I didn't even know this was, but uh, he hosts the he hosts the Jason Greger show weekdays on TSN twelve sixty. So that's TSN is the ESPN radio ESPN of Canada. Uh huh. Did you not know this, Paul? No. Um, Jason, Jason who? 
Jason Greger. He has 80, 84,000 followers. Yeah, that name sounds familiar, right? Gregor? It does. Gregor, Super right? producer Jason, right? Right. <laughs> so. We just stunk. I didn't know this, but the Fantasy Hockey League was like, uh, that's actually Noah Gregor's uncle. <laughs> it's like, oh, I was wondering why he singled out my tweet. Because it wasn't like, I don't know. He just randomly picked mine so. so like i said people at the beginning of the show Noah gregor why would i have picked on him the guy's amazing right it's great we went I back and forth go flipping through our episodes and yeah. uh <laughs> listen to me talking because holy we uh we went back and forth it was very civil it wasn't like we were getting mad or anything but he he basically thinks why not keep him uh he was playing well the odds are the fourth round pick ends up uh if the fourth yeah odds are that the fourth round pickup uh, being better than him would be incredibly low. And I said, you're right. But Mike Rear just said he was going to be a UFA, not an RFA. Right. And then he's just going back and forth saying the Sharks should have signed him. I'm, and I'm like, I don't think the Sharks could have signed him. I don't think he wanted to stay here. Like, if he could prove to the NHL, like, Tampa Bay wants him, right? Like, yeah. And again, Tampa Bay went to the Sharks to get him. The Sharks aren't going to say, no, 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 we're not going to trade anyone. Or yeah. we're not going to trade AC Mont that we got for free. We want to sign this guy to a million dollars. Plus, by the way, for the people who don't live in the Bay Area or San Jose or in California in general, this is another reason I said to him, I was like, okay, he signs a $1 million contract here or he signs a $1 million contract with Tampa Bay. Where's your money going to go further? Living in San Jose after, let's say a million dollars, we'll just say this blanket, million dollars after taxes, after your agent's fee, after all the other fees, the escrow that comes out, you're probably sitting about three, $400,000. Not chump change. That's not bad. But for one year, you're not buying anything. There's nowhere, there's nothing you can buy in San Jose. Yeah. It's 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 rent and rent at best for a one bedroom apartment that is nice for an NHL player. Uh probably upwards of five thousand a month, maybe. What do you think? I don't know. All I know is that these comments are great. Anthony Sanchez, Noah's gone after this season to just showed up on the screen. That's honestly is probably true. Um, ben and Gunsry uh, can't even say that with the straight face, Paul. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> is the sarcasm leaking through the camera? I apologize. Uh, Noah Claxton says Paul wants Noah Gregor's jersey retired now to show his loyalty. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Not happening. See, Sorry, I disagree. I don't think Noah's going anywhere. Really? I think he's reinventing his game. He's been in the lineup for the last how many games? Yeah. Two, probably at least 12 games straight. Wow. Who's not been in the lineup for a lot? Who's been on the doghouse and barely getting any? Oh, minutes? LeBanc. Yeah. You know but what, LeBanc? What did we just say about Mikey Asimon? We just stunk. What, <laughs> what did we just say about Mikey? He was he playing. He showed his value. He got traded. Good for him. I don't think LeBanc's getting traded if he's not showing his value. You know who might be showing his value? If, according to you, Noah Gregor. All right, listen. If, guys to are look, if teams are looking for that guy who's fast, he's going to bang, who can't put the puck in the net, but does everything else that you're asking him to do, Noah Gregor might be that guy for them, right? This is this is a Matt Nieto replacement. That's what I think. His I future think in the NHL is being a Matt Nieto. I think there's about 300 Matt Nieto replacements currently available. Not with that speed and not oh, with that God. metric of entering the zone like Good he does. Lord. Hey. hey, does anybody have a, a, a pedestal for sale? I think Aaron's trying to. Listen to this. I'm not I'm not saying he's better than whatever. Tonight's game, he had 11 minutes of ice time, almost two minutes on the power play. 
minute 55, right? Okay. What did the bank have tonight? Zero. Five minutes and 31 seconds of ice time. Zero minutes on the power play. Yeah. The game yeah. before that, the the beat down that they got from yeah. Washington, right? Yes. No, Gregor. Uh, 12 minutes of ice time. Kevin LeBanc, nine minutes of ice time. Mm-hmm. He's outplaying Kevin LeBanc. Right now, those two are fighting for a spot for next year. And Noah Gregor is winning. By virtue, even even without the numbers, by virtue of just the amount that they get paid, Noah Gregor is going to win that battle. Yeah, and he's They're not an going to have Kevin LeBanc sticking around with $4 million. But the fact that Kevin LeBanc is an RFA going sure. into next season, they control him. I just, I think Kevin LeBanc, I wouldn't be surprised he's gone. He's got one more year left at 4.7. I, I, I think they can both go, and I'm not going to be too sad about it. That's my take. <laughs> we'll get what to do that you guys think? Go ahead we'll and get... put that uh, that in the, well, okay, LeBanc's a new father. There I'm sorry, Kellen. Anthony Sanchez. I have to be kind. Kellen. Maybe Gregor has a kid. Fourth line, fourth line Gregor is the best Gregor. I agree. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I'm, I'm fine with that. Yeah. No, I 100% agree. You can't, this is the guy that they tried putting on the second line and just didn't work out. Oh, I didn't know speed, this. But he can't. Did you see this, Anthony Sanchez? What's that? Aaron, Sharks pay for home rentals. Players who get paid a million and less get free rent. That's awesome. I didn't know they oh, did wow. that. Yeah, I bet that's that's to get those people to come over here, those players, because oh. it's very expensive. I mean, you would think that the ability to go and reinvent yourself and, and get ice time in a, in a city where there's positions available should be enough reason for a guy like Noah Gregor, a guy like Mikey Acemont, um, to kind of want to come here and show other teams what they can do by getting the ice time, right? But uh, that is a, a pretty sweet perk. So, uh, Aaron, when you're done training with Kathy and you make it to the NHL as a fourth liner, that's... I'll sign a I'll sign a one day contract. Look forward to it. <laughs> Get on with it. Three way trade. With Montreal and Pittsburgh, Sharks trade to Montreal. Nick Menino, Tony Sund, a 2024 fifth-round pick. Uh, Pittsburgh gets Nick Menino after salary retention by Montreal. And the Sharks get Arvid Hendrickson, a 2023 seventh-round pick uh, from Pittsburgh, and a 2024 fifth-round pick from Pittsburgh. Yet another Joe Will special here. You got it. Sharks trading their fifth, swapping fifth-round picks, essentially. And picking up a seventh in the process. And that fifth round is conditional if Pittsburgh gets to the conference finals, which is doubtful. Could happen, but doubtful. Mm-hmm. Um, it jumps to a fourth round pick. Now, Nick Bonino is very familiar with Pittsburgh. He won a couple cups there. One of them against the Sharks back in 2016. So a lot of people kind of dumped on this trade, thinking that they could have, should have gotten more for Bonino. And you know what? There probably was a better trade for Benino in terms of the return for the Sharks. However, Mike Greer did not want to do him dirty like LA did with the Jonathan Quick, right? Right. I don't know if you're familiar with what happened to Quick. Uh, yes. I forget. It was Columbus, right? He got traded to Columbus, yeah. and they told him on the plane on the way home from the game. <laughs> so he's on a cross-country flight going back to LA only to get on a plane the next day to go to Columbus and then gets traded again from Columbus to Vegas. Guess who's going to have a chip on their shoulder when they play each other? Oh yeah. If they end up playing in the playoffs against each other, which could happen, that is going to be a series to watch. That's going to be, there's going to be a lot of angry Jonathan quick 
slashes of every player that comes near the crease. He goes from ugly chrome helmet to ugly gold helmet. <laughs> is that an upgrade? It's. I don't think it is. Uh, we have a clip here, but before we get to the clip, I do want to go back in, in the, the comments just a, a, a little bit because I got there's a couple yeah uh, funny things here. Um, <laughs> Banker and Noah both stay. Why we just stunk? Ben and Grungy says. Uh, Lundy, hey Lundy, how you doing, buddy? Uh, Kevin La Bankrupt. Uh, Anthony Sanchez says Banker's gone after this year. Taylor Kearney says La Bank is a wanted criminal. Absolutely robbed the Sharks over his actual work. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, excellent. My goodness. Yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to <laughs> just wanted to say this few comments. Back to the uh the, the trade with Nick Benioni. Yes, absolutely. Um, if there's one thing that's consistent between um the the Sharks GMs, Doug Wilson, uh going on to uh Mike Greer, it's that we're they haven't been doing players dirty, as you've just mentioned, right? They're doing the right thing for the player, especially for a player uh with a, a veteran record like Nick Bonino. This is someone who's very well respected uh, around the league, but also just in, in the Sharks locker room. He's done so much for uh, the younger guys on that team, uh, setting the the locker room, the tone uh, in there. So I think they have a lot of respect for him. They wanted to do right by him. So uh, why don't you set this clip up and we'll, uh, we'll get on with it, I guess. Sure. This is uh, Mike Greer. Uh, the question was kind of asked about the Bonino trade. If there was a, how much interest there was around the league for Nick Bonino, and if there was basically a better offer on the table than what the Sharks got from other teams. So here's Mike Greer in his words. Oh uh, yeah, there's there was a you know a handful of teams that had interest in Nick, and and rightfully so. You know, this time of year, that's what you're looking for: the character and the playoff experience, and someone who can play in all situations like him. So. Um, you know, there was interest, but, you know, we tried to do right by the player and put him in a situation that, um, you know, he wanted to go to. And, you know, in a familiar coach, familiar place. So he's got a lot of good memories and a lot of good friends on the team. So, um, you know, once once Pittsburgh really got involved, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, I think that was probably going to end up being the best outcome for him. Was there more lucrative offers maybe elsewhere? Anybody did you well, I mean, there was there was interest in him, but like I said, we wanted to. You know, he's played long enough. We got he, we have a lot of respect for him. What he's done in here with the uh, the group and the young players, and you know, kind of helping establish the standard and, and identity in the room. That you know, I think you know he deserved to kind of have a say in where what he wanted to do, whether that was go or stay, or or um, you know, which which team he wanted to go to. Class act right there, man. Yeah, helping him out, helping out Benino. So, yeah, it helps the Sharks. Maybe a, another deal would have helped them a little bit more, but not enough to sway that. So he's now going to a cup contending, maybe not a cup contending team, but a playoff bound team uh, in Pittsburgh, somewhere that he's familiar. He already has roots there because he lived there for many years. So a lot of friends and family, because, again, it, there's the human aspect of this. Um, he's going to have to uproot his family from San Jose and move back to Pittsburgh where they've lived before. So another trade here is kind of a smaller one. Um, Scott Reedy goes to Dallas for Jacob Peterson. And this guy is something who's probably most likely going to stay in the AHL, it sounds like. But uh, another minor transaction. Aaron, was there anything about this trade in particular that you were uh, wanting to save here? Or uh, This is another trade. It just seems like um, uh, this is to make the Barracuda better. This yeah. isn't really so much for the Sharks, but building from 
the ground up when you're making your AHL team a winning team, they're going to get more experience playing in the Calder Cup and uh, the other playoffs that they do. So um, this will make their team better, bring, bring on a score. That probably brings up, gives them room to bring up Eklund to the Sharks without hurting the Barracuda too much. And uh, another thing that Greer had mentioned was they don't want to pillage the Barracuda to fill mm-hmm. the roster for the Sharks. Um, another couple things, a couple quotes, I guess, was... Um, from from Greer was um sorry I'm I'm looking ahead here. James Reimer, um just the next one. James Reimer, there's there's a bunch of news. You know, they interviewed James and they said he was a little disappointed they didn't go to contender. They asked Greer about it and he said that it was a tough market, uh, not in the right spot or place for him to go, especially after Quick and Corpusello got moved. Um, so there was less less need for a goalie around the league. Um so yeah, and then I'll get into a little bit more other stuff, but there's the human elephant, human element of trades and how it affects players. Sorry, elephant. Did you say human <laughs> elephant? Human element to the trades. I need more coffee, clearly. Um, <laughs> and it affects the players. It, it doesn't just affect the players that get traded. It affects the players that don't get traded who yeah. have been in the rumor mills for you know weeks leading up to this. So Reimer's one of them. Um I'm sure LeBanc is another one. Gregor's probably another one. All these guys that everyone thought were going to get traded. Um, uh, Barabanov was another one, although he he continued to keep playing well, but maybe because he doesn't speak English very well, so he didn't really understand all the trade talks. But um, that's a joke. I didn't mean that meanly. Don't don't be mad, Alex. Um, <laughs> anyway, I'm gonna a funny one. one here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, the, uh, for this one here with Reimer, um, I I really feel like, and especially after watching tonight's game, I don't know if you got the opportunity to do that, but um, he he played outstanding today. He did a phenomenal job, kept the Sharks in it. Uh, obviously, we didn't want them to be in it, but I see he, he didn't get the memo. But um, I, I mean, he was he was standing on his head pretty much the entire night. Several saves of the spectacular variety, the sellout variety. Now, some people might say that, hey. That's kind of what you don't want from your goaltender. Uh, if he's in good position, he shouldn't be sliding all over the place, hundred percent. But uh, when the puck's pinballing all over the place, I mean, this guy was just—he he was tracking it down, and he—he uh, he did such an amazing job in that tonight. They end up picking up the win. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. But I honestly do feel that, especially after performance like that, some of these teams are going to be kicking themselves for not going after that insurance in net. Uh, some of these teams that have a really good number one, but maybe a so-so number two um, w- would really have benefited having James Reimer uh, backing up, I think. So um, I think it'll be interesting to see, Aaron. And I know you're you're much more on the uh, the league-wide uh, radar when it comes to those types of things. So um, it'll be interesting to see as the playoffs go on, uh, if there's a team that maybe has an injury to their number one, or something's going on with their number one, he's getting lit up, but they don't have the confidence to put in their number two. Uh, if a team like that uh, might have done well to to pick up James Reimer instead. So uh, we'll keep yeah. an eye on that one too. Yeah, exactly. I think uh, someone's going to get hurt between now and when the playoffs start and people are going to be like, oh man, we should have got James Reimer. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, okay, so now you've got another clip here from, from Mike Greer. It's talking about organizational depth. Yes, he mentions um, because a lot of these trades and a lot of the players added, think about it this way. How was the organizational depth at defense at the beginning of the season versus now? 
who is the top prospect for defense? The beginning. Ryan Merkley. Ryan Merkley. Mm-hmm. Um, which is scary because he was terrible at defense, great at offense, but not very good defense, and was so raw that he's still not even making the jump into the NHL yet. So um, Greer kind of uh, focused on that, and I'll let him talk about it here in his clip, but uh, we'll get into it afterwards. But um, there's a couple of things here that I'll note uh, once the clip is over. So here's Mike Greer and his words on the organizational depth at defense and what they plan to do this summer, possibly. Well, I think, um, you know, I think the Timo deal kind of pushed us forward as, and then even adding Henry Thrun the other day. I think it's, we've been able to kind of retool the the, um, the depth on the defensive side of the prospect pool. And I think that's, that goes a long way to, um, you know, getting, getting us back to where we want to be. I think we believe in those prospects, Henry, uh, Shakir, Nikita, I think, uh, I don't think Nikita got really talked about it too much about being part of the deal, but he was a huge part for us. Um, our scouts love him and he's kind of a throwback player. So we look forward to him and we think he's going to be a big part of the future. So with those guys and some of the picks we made on, on the back end last year with, you know, Havlett and Michael Fisher, we just feel like we've taken a step forward, um, adding to the defensive side of the prospect pool. And, and, and that's the hardest part to, to kind of grow and develop. So we feel like it's pushed us forward and, and some of the other things we've been able to create a little bit of cap flexibility, you know, starting with Bernsey and, and now Timo, we've kind of, we've given ourselves some room financially. If, you know, if a player becomes available in the summer, um, that makes sense. And then in, in the right age frame, maybe we can get on them and add them to the group and, and keep building this thing. Let's, uh, let's go back a little bit to 9.14 PM. Noah Claxton sent out this message. Uh, definitely seemed like at the deadline, Sharks targeted a lot of high upside D-men. This makes me think that the draft, they are confident getting a lot of great forwards. I agree. I didn't want to say anything because I was yeah. going to bring this up now. But um, that was kind of my whole talking point about this is, um, one, they want they focused on defense. They, they reshored the whole bottom-up defense, got a bunch of prospects, guys that are maybe not can't miss uh, prospects, but some really good ones that they just did not have before. Um, I think the Sharks are in a good spot on defense. Now they're going to focus on forwards of the draft. To me, it sounds like they're probably going to focus on goaltending next. Um, I don't think it was in that clip. He said goaltending. No, he says this several times. He says there's only two or three teams in the entire league that is happy with their goaltending. And everyone's going to be looking to upgrade their goaltending this summer, just like pretty much every summer. So to me, I don't think Reimer's going to be sticking around. Kapanen will probably be here, but they're going to try and get someone, maybe a big name UFA goalie coming in here or maybe through a trade or something. Um, so I think they're going to be focusing on that. I wouldn't be surprised if we see them kind of draft a higher-end goalie in this draft, maybe next year's draft. Um, but yes, there's so many forwards this year, especially in the top five, which the Sharks are most likely going to have. Uh, they're going to be adding some really good forwards in this year's draft. Absolutely. And um, I think it was when we had Graham on, he was talking about there's not many uh, solid defensive prospects this draft. So I think what they're doing is absolutely perfect, right? You get all these guys who have upside. Um, you, you bring them into the organization. And what was one of the main departments that Greer bolstered? It was the development department, right? He, all, all the player development roles that he's added. Um, so for them to be effective, you've got to have players 
that are worth developing. And I think these guys are, like you said, maybe not 100% hit, but they're the guys that if you give them that development, you put that time into them, they might hit. They might turn into something. So I think they've done a great job of bringing in all this defensive, um, all these prospects, right? There's a lot of promise there. Um, and then, you, like you said, you're going to draft forwards because it's a little bit uh, heavier on the forward class uh, for, for this draft class, I should say. So, you know, you have that one year, right? Uh, till the next draft where it's supposed to be a little bit more defense heavy. You've got that year of development with all of these younger defensive prospects that you just brought into the system to see which ones are probably going to work out, which ones are probably misses. And from there, you have a good opportunity to go, okay, what what's out there now that we would want to bring in? Are we looking more defensive? Are we looking a little bit more offensive? Um, what what are we looking for for our blue line? And you can draft that type of a player, right? So I think this, I mean, they, they've, they've thought this out and it kind of makes me feel like the turnaround for the sharks here uh maybe they're aiming a little bit sooner than later because they've really seemed to have kind of thought out when they're going to be um developing which players and which drafts are going to be uh heavier for what type of talent um and it will be interesting to see when they start going after goaltenders here as well so um but again for me i think greer's done a pretty decent job so far i mean again there's there's a lot of players like this ohoichek for instance no one was talking about him at all but he's supposed to be kind of like that shimmick type player Right. So, um, I mean, if we get another one of those guys that actually sticks in the lineup, um, you know, it could be could be good for the Sharks going forward. And again, that's the type of player that Greer likes, that Shimmick type of guy was a guy who's ready to hit and bang and and is going to work hard. Right. Whenever he is in the lineup, he's going to be doing that. So um, if a Hoychik is that type of player, uh, I'm sure he's very happy with the guy that he's got or the potential that he has. Uh, again, with all so much resources going into the developmental side of things. Um, that's what you want to do. You want to get guys that are worth developing. And I think he's feels that he's gone out and done that. So, um, Aaron, we've got a roll call here. And we talked a bunch, a lot, a lot, a lot about all the things that Mike Greer did here. Um, all the trades that went on, all the little pieces that he's starting to put in place for the future. It's not going to pan out right now, obviously. Probably not going to pan out for next season. But, uh, you know, shortly thereafter, I feel like the development of these players, these young prospects, uh, that he's brought in and the drafts, uh, the, the draftees that they'll be bringing in for next season as well. I think we're on a pretty decent trajectory here. So uh, I guess the question here is where are you watching from, of course, but then also what grade would you give Mike Greer and um, for everything that he's done so far, I guess, uh, for the, the trade deadline. Aaron, do you have a specific grade that you would give? I know we, we've talked a lot about, I don't know how much you've actually thought about giving a, a letter here, but uh, what would you say? Uh, I give him a a B, maybe a B plus here. Um, I like if he got some high end prospects, and and I know a lot of people are disappointed with the return from New Jersey, the New Jersey trade. But to me, what he looked at is instead of getting one star player coming back for Meyer, getting uh, several players back that will be good pieces, and I think he kind of has to do that in order to do this rebuild and and. He doesn't say the word rebuild. It's a rebuild. This is absolutely a rebuild. He's not dismantling the team and doing a fire sale and doing it all at once. And he even said it during this, during these quotes here that we've, that we pulled during that press thing, not even a press conference, just a interview. Um, he kind of like smirked because, because they asked about what about other, were there other deals out there for like Barabanov and all that stuff? And he kind of like, gig, like smirked and goes, well, we still have to field a team. Like we still have to put people out on the ice. So, yes, I think there were trade offers, but he kind of like realized like, wow, this is 
too much in a way to losing too many pieces. The team would be completely dismantled and be garbage. He still has to sell tickets. So, um, yeah, I think, um, I think he did a, a decent job. I don't think it was, I think everyone's expecting to see that Joe Thornton trade kind of deal. You know what I mean? Like waiting for the big home run that he's going to have to solidify his, tenure as the GM of the Sharks, but I just don't think that's coming yet. And I don't think, I don't know if it ever will, but um, I just, I don't know. I think a B, I'd say less than a B plus a B for me. How about you? Oh man. Um, Yeah. I think the safe thing to say is that is B, B plus somewhere in that range. Right. Because um, you know, again, as someone here in the comments had said, not bad uh, considering the hand that he was dealt. Right. Um, he only had so much to work with. He has a lot of big bloated contracts. Um, and and the guys that aren't on big bloated contracts, they're not very um, high up on the skill uh, scale. So it's it's kind of difficult to get something back for those guys, right? So um, I, I think for me, again, it's 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 safe to say he did like a, a B, B plus, if you will, right? So, um, I, I mean, obviously there are some guys I, I thought he would get a little bit more for Benino being one of them, but I like that he did right by the player. For me, that is an increase, uh, from, from him in the way that he handled it. Right. Um, uh, I think other players are going to look at that and say, you know, San Jose is still a place that I would like to go, not just for the sunshine, but because they treat you right there. So, um, I, I'd be more, I, I'm, I'm happy to give him, uh, a grade, that's maybe a little bit higher than just the return, right? Because he, again, that human element. Um, and I think that's, that is a big deal. And I think that needs to be kind of brought to light sometimes is people just focus on, well, what did he get? And that's it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I'm, I'm with you on this one. I'm happy with the trades that he made. Um, you're not going to see him make a gigantic splash with, you know, big name players. Cause frankly, none of those big name players want to come here right now. They're not going to compete for playoffs. So you have to understand um, what he's working with, right? And um, all things considered, I think he did a, a good enough job. So I don't know if that's uh, if that's good enough for you, but that's yeah. What I'm gonna say. I, I think he has a plan here. Um, he kind of has this mapped out of how long it's going to take before the Sharks are going to be competitive and pushing for a playoff spot. And just looking at cap friendly, right? Um, Next year is not going to be it. They're not going to make playoffs next year. I think the year after that, we're looking at a much better, different team, much more talent in the lineup, much younger, because we're going to have a lot of those prospects and draft picks that we're getting the next from last year, from two years ago, and from this upcoming draft and next year's draft, potentially, depending on how high of that first pick will be. Um, those guys timing of getting into the NHL and being ready are kind of right around there. That's the 24, 25 season. We'll also have, if he's still here, LeBanc's contract comes off. Um, Oscar Lindblom comes off. Bear Bonoff comes off. Steve Lorenz comes off. Radim Shimmick comes off. Jacob McDonald comes off. He's low. And Capo Kakinen comes off. So it'll be a much different team in two seasons from now with a lot more talent. Um, I think that would be kind of where New Jersey was a year ago. New Jersey this year's top top in the league, right? They're top mm-hmm. three team. Uh, last year, I don't think I don't think they were close. They were a young and up and coming team, and I think that's what the Sharks are going to be at that point. All depending on how this year's draft or the lottery goes, what pick they're going to get. Um, that player that they pick up, assuming it's top four or five guy, um, possibly could be playing in the NHL next year. Um, 
And then the following draft, depending if that's another top five, top 10 pick, that's a, that's a guy ready to play in maybe one to two years. So I'll, it's looking better. Um, who knows what they can bring in. And he did kind of hint there in that quote that I had that um, they're looking to sign, fill in a spot with the UFA this summer. Um, he didn't really mention the spot. I don't know if it meant goalie or if he meant forward defense, something, but there he's looking to go into the market. So um, it's going to be a very different team in the coming years. It's, it's a rebuild, but it's kind of a slow rebuild. I wouldn't say retool. I think it's more of a rebuild than a retool, but it's also kind of a hybrid of the two because he's not just fire sale. Everyone must go coacher out of here. Everyone with a big salary, you're gone. He's not really doing that. So the Sharks are still entertaining. They're still competitive. Look at tonight. They beat a, a top West Coast team. Um, they tied it with, what, seven seconds left or something like that. So 10. exciting. Something what was it? Like 10.2 or something. Yeah. It's just, it's cool. It's, it's, um, anyway, it, it's, I, there's a plan. And I feel like it's, it's different than it has in the past because with Doug Wilson, the Sharks were always, almost always on the top. And just adding and retooling here and there, um, and staying around for so long and, and making playoffs. And now the Sharks are just not doing that. And it took them a while to kind of finally admit where they are and get things going. Well, one of the guys that got called up, you're talking about talent uh, coming up here, was uh, William Eklund. He got called up uh, for this last uh, game here, actually, I think two games now. But um, yeah, called him up. He worked hard, earned it. Uh, is the best player in the last month and he's most consistent. So, um, yeah, just kind of a, a reward for for playing well in the AHL. So um, I like that they had said that he he never like complained about not getting called up or anything. And frankly, I would have thought Bordalo uh, would have been the guy that got uh, pushed. But for some reason, they like Eklund more. Totally fine. And no qualms there. Um, but, Aaron, I, I, I feel like earlier in the season, we had talked about this just a little bit about, well, when when should the Sharks uh, bring up these younger guys, right? And um, it sounded like you, you you thought they weren't going to uh, during the season, but you know, here we are. We've got one. What is it? Do you think that was kind of like the main factor in giving him that opportunity because he'd been playing well, right? And and all, all season long, same thing with Bordalo. They've been playing well uh, together or, or on their own respective lines. Um, but what is it about now, like right now, right at the trade deadline? Um, that he gets the call up. Why do you think that happened? Uh, I think there's a number of factors. One, the Sharks need to sell tickets. There's still almost 20 games left, right? Uh, less mm. than 20. They need to sell tickets. People aren't going to want to come because Timo's gone. Their leading score is gone. Now William Eklund gets called up. They're saying, ooh, I want to see what this kid can do. I want to go see him play. I want to go in person and see him. So I think that's a small part of it. I'm not saying that's the only reason. Um, they want to reward him. And this is exactly what Greer said. He said he worked hard and he earned it. He's the best player in the last month and most consistent, which I think was a key word there. Um, it was a reward for him. He's never complained or asked at, or asked them to get called up. So they're rewarding him. And I think they're showing the other Barracuda players like, look, you work hard and you do what we're telling you that you need to work on. Good things will happen. Now, very interesting here. This was asked of him. And I didn't realize this, but the contract situation of Eklund, if he plays less than nine games this season, his contract will slide again another year. So do you think he's going to get past those nine games? Because I don't. 
It's tough. I, I honestly, um, should he? Probably not. I would probably prefer to see it slide. Um, having said that, when we're talking about Bortolo, Bortolo's uh, contract doesn't slide. They they had him uh, signed and played for some something that they did for when they signed his contract. Essentially, um, he burned a year of his contract. So I don't think they're afraid of that. Although, again, I think that was before Greer, obviously. So um, different strokes, different folks. Who knows? But, um, I, I mean, I think it should slide. Now, if that makes him unhappy in some way, shape, or form, then – Okay, maybe you know you start having that as a consideration, but um, it'd be better to keep that. Uh, I pushed as far down the line as you possibly can when you're going through kind of this bit of a of a rebuild here. I think the more money they can have on the books, the better. Um, not just because you're hoping to sign uh, some big name player, because uh, I don't think anybody big name is coming here anyway. But um, you want to be able to have that space for when you do things like Arizona has been doing, taking on bad contracts, which, you know, it was said in there that we're not doing that right now. Right now, I agree. But um, they are keeping that option open. If you notice um, the um, cap retention, their third slot for the cap retention, they left that open. I think they have something in mind for the draft uh, to to be able to use that. So um, I think they're definitely not um, against taking on. Uh, some bad contracts. So I think they would like to have a little bit of cap space to do that as well. So pushing him a little bit farther down the road uh, just helps that, you know, for years to come. So um, I personally, I'd, I'd rather see it slide, but I don't know. Uh, what's your take on that one? Absolutely. Let it, tell him, be upfront about it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, sugarcoat it and say, Hey, look, we're going to, we're going to bring you up for nine games. I want to see what you can do. Um, we're going to put you back down, but it's not a demotion. It's purely, paperwork to keep us under the cap so that when your entry level contract is done, you know, they're still going to be able to afford them and, and play. And I'm sure there's, there's some long-term planning there. So um, yeah, I, I, I think they absolutely should, should slide that uh, slide that what's it called contract down. So um, yeah, it, I, I, as long as they're honest about it and they don't, you know, do anything shady, which I don't think the sharks do. They're not Las Vegas. We're <laughs> San Jose. We're not Las Vegas. They don't do shady stuff. So I'm fine. I have with that. to and say though, for the Barracuda and Greer said that he wants them to um, experience playoffs, call the cup playoffs. Mm-hmm. It is kind of curious pulling your best, most consistent player um, off of that roster. Yes. You're giving him some NHL experience and that's great. But if they're really in a dog fight to be able to even make the playoffs right now, um, you would think that you wouldn't want to take away your most consistent player. Now I know they've got uh, some other guys that they've acquired and they're bringing them in there with some more veteran experience, but um, veteran experience and sheer talent are two different things. Um, so I don't know. It's, it's, it is kind of curious that he would uh, take Eklund out when they're, they're battling for that position. Well, this is Jacob Peterson trade, right? They traded right. and got Jacob Peterson. He's in there to help and kind of not take over William Eklund's spot, but He's a goal scorer, so um, he's there now. I think Eklund might get these nine games and then get sent back down sure. to help them finish the season, get the playoffs, and because they're close right now, they're on the cusp. Um, I think, uh, and then you're going to see a bunch of other players coming in too, like uh, who's the guy we're talking about earlier that's going to be finishing Run. up Harvard. That's going to help them. Yeah. So you're going to see a um, a little bit of a, a flux of some higher end talent coming onto the Barracuda. Hopefully they will be in a good spot to make playoffs by then. 
so they don't miss playoffs and then have those guys just finish the season. So little um, uh, little Star Wars joke for you nerds out there. Grand Admiral Thrun. Anyway, another uh, blue liner here. Eric Carlson uh, having a season. My goodness. Uh, you guys know what we do. He got points. So uh, we're going to open up with it right now. Go ahead, Superdudes Jason. Take it away. <laughs> classic it's a great one uh four games played. i think you're talking about the stats for this week right just the week yeah just the week four games played five assists a minus four who cares 14 shots on goal um yeah he's i mean again five assists that's still over a point per game and on the season he's well over a point per game so he's got 64 games played 19 of which are goals 63 uh sorry 19 goals 63 assists 82 total points only a minus six if you like the plus minus stat. Only a minus six. Think think about how many empty net goals they've given up oh, this season. Tons. You take all those out, he's a positive player. If you're a big yeah. plus minus person, which most which, people these days are not. No. So um yeah, plus minus. As long as it's close to even, I don't really care. But at really 82 bother. points, he could literally go the rest of the season with nothing, goose eggs, and he's still a point per game player. Yeah. He is in the league for for scoring defensemen. In fact, he played against Morrissey, who's in second place tonight. Morrissey got one point. He got two. He said, I'll double you up. He is 15 points ahead of Josh Morrissey. There's a chance if Eric Carlson got hurt, he would still be beating out Josh Morrissey by the end of the season. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, he's also sixth in overall in scoring, including all the forwards. So sixth in the league in scoring. It's crazy. I wanted to look this up. This is his total stats as a shark, Eric Carlson. Because, you know, he had, he had a couple of seasons where he played but yeah. was hurt and didn't do very well. Um, still, 275 games played, 46 goals, 178 assists for 224 points. That's .81 points per game, close to a point per game. Almost guarantee that he's going to score when you go to a game or watch him. This season, for sure, Yeah, you should watch him because he's going to be on the score sheet. Um. Anyway, just amazing. I think uh, he's fantastic. I don't know if he will be here next season. I think that could possibly be a giant trade that we see in the summer, maybe at the draft, maybe afterwards. Who knows? Certainly not me, but what I do know is we're going to have a uh, closing part of the segment. So, Super Producer Jason? Leave him to the brisket. Leave him to the brisket. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, so actually, I do know what that means, and I'm not going to say it. Holy. Okay, uh, Aaron. The standings, of course, the most important thing. Uh, we are what, third from the bottom, or are we now fourth after the win today? Uh oh yeah, I wrote that earlier. Yeah, uh, I think we, are we might still- be fourth from the bottom. I don't know if it's been updated or not, but okay. uh, right now we are third from what I see. Okay. So either third or fourth from the bottom, depending on when you're listening to this, right? Right. So there you go. Uh, which basically, We just stunk. <laughs> which basically means either uh, a fifth or a sixth. Um, it's guaranteed, right? No. They can only slide two spots. Yeah. So fifth. 
So if we're, fourth, third, if we're fourth in the standings right oh. now, which we don't know if we are, right? Third? Okay, Nick says we're third. third. Never mind. Yeah, we're, we're third. third. That's I what I was saying. Like, if we are fourth, then you slide to six. So right. third. Thank you, Nick. We third, can get down to a top five pick. Right? The top five. And I think after talking with Graham Slam, um, anybody after Bedard, those next like three or four guys um, are all studs in their own right. Right. So uh, not too worried about not getting Connor Bedard. I think getting anybody in that top five group is going to be uh, absolute game changer for the San Jose Sharks going forward. The only one that would be a bummer is if it was, I think it's Michikov, Michikov. because he is signed to play in the KHL for another th- three seasons, I believe two or three yeah. seasons. So we, he wouldn't be coming over to the pond. Wouldn't be coming to the sharks for another three years, which would suck because he would be ready, but he's committed to the KHL and the KHL is going to hold on to him for dear life because yeah. all the youngsters come over here to the NHL. <laughs> Well, none of that's going to matter because we're going to win the the whole thing anyway. We're going to get Bedard, so it's all going to be good. <laughs> we're going to uh, win the whole thing. You mean lose the whole thing so that we that's, can win No, win, win the whole thing. Come on, Aaron. Um, <laughs> so let's uh, – was there anything else you wanted to say about the standings or are you just uh, – you're happy that we're we're so uh, bad? I'm, I'm happy, and I, I'm happy that the other teams around the Sharks are somehow winning – uh, was it Anaheim? Even Chicago kind of had a big jump there. Um, but Patrick Kane's now gone, so we'll see how far they really tank. Yeah. Chicago, that is. Uh, Columbus is just a nightmare, so that's going to be a tough one to catch. Um, but Anaheim should be better than they are. Anaheim's funny, man. They're fourth. They're right behind the Sharks, as in they're better than the Sharks by yeah. barely. Uh, their goal differential is minus 96. <laughs> so bad. Is by far the worst in the entire league. The yeah. Sharks are minus fifty-three. In case you're wondering, jeez, almost half, almost half. Holy um, uh, the next worst team is Columbus at minus seventy-one. That's still twenty-five goal difference. Um, you know, it's funny because you look at you look at the Sharks' record: nineteen thirty-three and twelve. If they could have just lost <laughs> without the overtime, that's yep. twelve more points. They could have been down at points <laughs> or sorry, 12 less points. I'm saying that's 12 more points that we got that we didn't need. Right. We could have been at 38 points with the next lowest being Columbus at 46. I mean, just almost assured, right? It's incredible regardless. Anyway. Uh, so yeah, uh, again, Aaron, um, I kind of want to skip ahead just a little bit here. Actually, I mean, we don't want to talk about this week's games here. I want to segue straight into, why why are we still watching this season okay how about that why are we still watching this season Aaron what is it uh that we can look forward to in the coming weeks uh why why are we still here we just stunk it's hard (laughs) it's it's really counterintuitive to watch your team and want them to lose right it is but in order for them to win long term you want them to lose now so Again, I think we talked about this earlier in the season and kind of throughout the season. What I look for is I want to see more individual good things happening. I want to see, sure, they're going to make mistakes, and that's pretty much why they're losing, but I want to see them try. I want I want effort. I don't want blowouts like the one that they had on Saturday against Washington. Not so much those. I want closer games. I want them to feel like they were competitive. I want them to walk away from the game thinking that, we played well and just couldn't win. You know what I mean? It's different than we don't belong here. 
It's different than what, Super Producer Jason? It's it's just different than what, Super Producer Jason? Come on, man. Help me out. Do it. We just stunk. He did it. (laughs) Oh, you know, I can't lie. It was, you know, a lot last, you know. Oh man, yeah, no, I know. Mean, I, that's kind of what we've been saying for the season, right? We want it to be entertaining. We want to lose, yeah, but we want it to be entertaining losses, right? So, and I think that's ultimately the product that they put on the ice uh, was one that was hardworking. Um, they they didn't tend to just give up and roll over, right? Even the games where they were getting blasted, you would still see them at least trying uh, while they're getting blasted. Um, and then you've got guys like Eric Carlson that are still making the season a lot of fun to watch. So I think they did a good enough job of trying to ice a product um, uh, th- this season, something that people can show up and, and watch it and be like, yeah, man, it's actually, you know, th- th- it's entertaining to watch. It's fun. I mean, we know they're, they're terrible and they're going to lose, but I mean, it- it's at least something that we can enjoy watching. Um, so I think that I think that they've done. I think a lot of fans are still of the mind that, well, if you're losing, then they suck and that's it. Right. Uh, which is fair. Everybody's got their own opinion. But I think when I'm watching the game, and I'm seeing how hard certain guys are working and how hard they're battling. For me, that is still entertaining hockey. Um, I don't just tend to look at what's the final score and then that's it. So, um, yeah, I yeah. like to see promise like Eklund. Eklund to me in these last two games looked 10 steps further ahead than he did last year when he played his nine games. Right. Just yeah. So much. He's bigger. He's bulked up a little bit more. Yeah. He seems a little bit more stronger um quicker to me he seemed like he was making decisions quicker he was holding on to the puck less but also not and, and this is what Greer said like he was asked what do you want to see of Eklund he wanted Eklund to play his game he wanted him to not overthink things he didn't want him to rush he didn't want him to do too much but just be Eklund and I think that he's right. done that in the last two games so stuff like that that's what I want to look for I want to see I'm looking for hope I'm looking for hope for the future. That's what I'm watching when I watch the Sharks. How is this going to end well for the Sharks in the next few seasons? We just stunk. Who Running will be around? The, uh, Running with the Star Wars theme there, are we? The, looking for some some hope. A new hope. William exactly. Um Kellen Foster says it sounds like a Zach Man pep talk coming from Aaron. <laughs> oh, Grand Eiser asked if there's any Barracuda season ticket holders here. Uh, hello. Yo. And... That I mean, guy. That guy. <laughs> it's weird because when I point left, it goes right. Whatever. Right. Um, left. <laughs> right. Uh, let's see. So, yes, em- embrace the tank essentially is is kind of the message here, guys. So uh, watch it. Enjoy the games. And when we lose, hey, man, it's OK. It's kind of what we're going for. But if we win, it's still exciting to watch your team win. So it's kind of a, a win win scenario there. Right. That's 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 what we're going for. So, you know what I'm go. watching for now? I'm watching for William Eklund to get his first NHL goal. Sure. He hasn't scored yet. In at least nine games that he has, right? He's got, what, seven left? Seven left, yeah. Who's going to score first, him or Noah, in the next seven Oh, Eklund will score first. Here's what what I'll predict. Here's what I'll predict. Not only will Eklund score first, I'm not even guaranteeing Eklund will score this season. (laughs) He'll score more. (laughs) Eklund will score more in those nine games. Next season, buddy. Sorry. Oh my God, I hope he gets a hat trick. Oh, I'm sure he will. I'm sure he will. 
Someone else saying Grand Admiral Thrawn. Either Kellen, you are far behind, uh, and A New Hope. There he goes. Yes, yes. I get, those are the Star Wars references. There you go. Uh, last week's games, Aaron, uh, we talked about uh, the losses we piled up. Montreal, St. Louis, Washington, all of which uh, were losses. Pretty big losses here, too. Actually, Montreal was a, only 3-1. to one, But the St. Louis game was a 6-3 loss, and the Washington game an absolutely embarrassing 8-3 uh, to three loss. Um, you, we talked about the team still trying, you know, working hard and everything. Uh, this might be one of those exception type games, but, um, we've got some, some audio, which we'll get to a little bit later on about coach Quinn. Um, I really, really, really wanted to do uh, a video clip and just have it be silenced and have me do a, you know, bad lip reading uh, voiceover, which I think the, the chat would have loved that, but, uh, that we couldn't do that. It's okay. Um, but you know, again, excellent gets called up. He gets a power play assist in this one. Uh, and you, again, you were looking for his first uh, NHL goal here, but, um, why don't you go ahead and talk a little bit about Eklund? Uh, you've got some stats on him here that, uh, maybe some folks might find interesting. Uh, sure. Do I, I think I scrolled too far. <laughs> uh, he got an assist in his first game. He didn't get an assist tonight, but, um, yeah, I was just, I think I already talked about it. His ice time, um, to me popped. That's, that's what was big. Um, he, uh, he had some good minutes and and the other thing was that it, had, it was way more than obviously uh LeBanc and I feel like he's been replaced or LeBanc has been replaced um, by him at least for now so we'll see so let's see tonight I'll go back to this again uh almost 20 minutes he had 19 minutes and 44 seconds of ice time tonight's game uh the Washington game was the first one that he had played he had 19 minutes and 46 seconds so that's a lot of ice time for a 20 year old I'll call him a kid. He's still a kid. Um, they already reduced his ice time by two seconds, Aaron. I don't know. He's falling yeah. off, buddy. Well, he went minus three in that game in Washington, <laughs> but I, a lot of people were minus. But yeah, tonight, it was eight to three. I'm pretty sure there were some minuses. <laughs> tonight he was a plus two. He didn't get on the score sheet, but he was a plus two. So on the ice for two goals, that's good. It's better than being on the ice for two goals against. Well, he also picked up uh, four shots on goal against uh, Washington. When when your team gets beat eight to three, you're not possessing the puck very much because uh, clearly uh, they scored eight on you. So it means they had the puck quite a bit. But if you're able to put up four shots on goal, um, <laughs> good on you. So um, not did bad you from, from the youngster coming up. Yeah. Did you see his shots or, or the ones he was trying to take at least? No. I- they were uh, they're setting up for the one timer. So the opposite of he's a left shot. So opposite of Ovechkin, he was in that faceoff circle and they were yeah. feeding the puck like crazy trying to get that one timer off. So yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if that's kind of their plan of attack with him. Um, he did seem more aggressive shooting and more confident in shooting than he did last year when he had his first call up for those nine games. Um, I think that was exactly what they wanted to work on at the Barracuda level was was his confidence and, and goal scoring and, and shooting more. And I think it, he looked good. Um, I was trying to get a quote. There was a two-minute post-game conference, and his quotes were less than like 10 words each. It was absolutely useless, so I couldn't pull anything. There's no good quotes coming from him. Um, but to me, he's Swedish. He sounds exactly like Eric Carlson, the way he talks. You know, Eric Carlson, you ask Eric Carlson a question, what's the first thing he says? Yeah, no. Yeah, no, or no, yeah. <laughs> same thing, exact same thing. It's crazy. Um, 
You anyway. like cookies? Yeah, no, you know, it's, yeah, no. Uh, the, the chocolate chip is uh, pretty solid, and uh, you know, no, yeah, no, nobody they, likes. Have you, have you? Do you like the, watching the Fin Factor? Yeah, no, yeah. they're uh, you know they're, they're they're a pretty solid group. I like those guys. They're uh, you know the guy on the on the left hand side of the screen is a good looking dude. So uh, you know, it's uh, it's good. It's good. <laughs> For those on the podcast, I'm on the left. Anyway, um, we do have. Uh, you were talking about uh, a solid plan of attack. What is not a good plan of attack is to attack the referees. And uh, <laughs> Coach David Quinn found this one out. Uh, although, actually, there hasn't been a fine or anything uh, just yet, at least. Not that we, su- we've heard, at least. I'm surprised. I didn't look that up. I would be shocked. But um, while we're not going to show again the clip, I, want, I really want to do the bad lip reading. Um, while we're not going to be able to show that clip to you guys, um, we do have the post-game uh, interview where Coach Quinn is addressing um, his tirade we'll say to to the referee so uh super producer jason can we play that audio we just stunk you know we stunk on the power play we stunk on the penalty kill we stunk five on five our forward stunk our defenseman stunk we just stunk that's not the clip <laughs> that's not the <laughs> the real audio this time super producer jason david did the frustrations of the season kind of boil over in the third period with you no, no, I'm embarrassed. You, know, you should never act like that as a coach. And I want to apologize to our team. And uh, that's not how I certainly want to act. And it's an emotional game. And, you know, these refs work hard. They do a good job. And, you know, it's it's something that uh, should never happen. So I'm embarrassed by that. And, you know, something that uh, I can't promise you it won't happen again because <laughs> it does get emotional. But I will do everything I can to make sure that doesn't happen again. It's understandable, though. Uh, well, you can't make an excuse for that. So, was it just a call on Kevin that just you know kind of listen? It's a hard game to ref with two, and you know he was put in a tough position with being the one man gang. So, you know I should have been more aware of that too. You know what, man? Hats off to the guy. You know he he owned up to. Uh, I mean, again, I don't know if you guys saw. Um, I called it a tirade, and that is that is putting it lightly. Um, he just absolutely lambasted this uh, this referee. My goodness, the profanities. Uh, but I mean, he he owned it, you know, at the end of the day. And he said, you know, it's you know, I think the reporter had said, you know, it's understandable. But he's like, no, 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 it's not. He's like, it's, I, I, I'm embarrassed for the way that I acted. Um, and I, it, it felt genuine. You know, sometimes they, they say those things and it's like, they're just trying to lessen the fine that they know was coming. Right. But this felt genuine to me. This felt like he actually was like, yeah, you know what? It, it, it wasn't right. There was only one ref at the time. It's hard enough for two. Uh, I should have been a little bit more aware of that. I should have thought about that before I kind of went off on him. Um, so I, I really do think that, um, this was a, a genuine apology from, from coach Quinn. And, um, it, it's something that, you know, when you, when you look at it, uh, after the fact, hopefully you can say, well, you know, I, I respect that guy uh, for the way that he uh, addressed uh, his behavior after the fact. Maybe during the behavior, you're a little bit embarrassed for the guy, but uh, at least especially at the the post-game comments there uh, and and the apology that he sent to the, the referees and everything through that the, the media sources there. Um, hopefully something you can be a little bit proud about. Uh, I don't know, Aaron, how did you how did you feel about this whole thing? Uh, I mean, the game was kind of getting out of hand. One of the referees got hurt, so it was down to one referee in the game, um, which is also what he mentioned. He should have realized that there was only one guy doing all the roughing. So, um, yeah, emotions get high. I'm sure he was very stressed and 
it's a very stressful stressful time of year, especially for coaches when you're on a losing team because you never know if you're going to be back for the next year. Um, trying to get your guys to play and, and play hard and be motivated, and it's hard when the referee gives you a penalty that you don't think was fair um, and you just kind of blow up. So I think it was just a bunch of stuff that came to a head in this game. It's unfortunate, but um, he really did lay into him and he's, I don't know. I don't, I didn't see anything in the news about fine or anything, but he was supposed to have a talk with uh, I think Colin Campbell or somebody who's in the league about, with the referees um, lamb, you know, going after a referee is never good. Um, at any level, not just professional sports, but any level. So uh, it's not a good look and it's not a good thing for kids to see, not to bring children into it all the time. But um, I I just, I don't think it was right. And I'm glad he got ejected for it. Um, but I'm also glad that he owned up to it at the end and didn't read some presser thing that was written by a PR person. Like he was genuinely sad and sorry and apologized, not just to the media, or the people, but also to the ref and also to his own team for embarrassing them or embarrassing himself in front of them. So, um, yeah. Anyway, yeah. And the best part, Quinn was yelling about a bad call, but the player he was defending was LeBanc from Kellen Foster. I think if anybody, uh, the the call was on anyone else, it wouldn't have mattered. He would have probably done the same. I think he was just so fed up uh, with the way things were going that game. I think emotions just ran high. It could have been Noah Gregor. Uh, and anybody, you know, and he probably would have done the same thing. However, Ben and Gunsry does point out that the audio clip with the we just stunk image, uh, still image, um, that was awesome. So yes, uh, again, we we didn't we didn't want to show uh, the the actual video of him saying everything uh, over all that, but um, they actually didn't have video of that interview; it was just audio. So we had to come up with our own solution. Of course, we have a still of the we just stunk so that's what we used there you go um let's talk about the oh sorry then there was the game to, uh, tonight sharks win in winnipeg three two in overtime um uh, you know again it, we want them to lose but every once in a while picking up a win is uh it's sure nice to see as a fan you know because you, you don't want to just uh stink the entire season uh, if you could pick up one here or there uh certainly is a welcome sight so you know on on the four games that they had there they uh pick up uh, regulation losses in three, and then they pick up a win, uh, and then get the other team another point uh, out of that win anyway. So, um, yeah, still, uh, you know, uh, three out of four ain't bad, I guess we could say. Um, upcoming games, this again for what we are looking for uh, out of the Sharks for the rest of this season. Um, a lot of promise in the games that are coming up, starting off uh, Tuesday tomorrow uh, in Colorado, six p.m. Um, that one should be a surefire loss. Am I right, Aaron? Mm, should be. Should be. Should be. You, did you think it was a surefire loss tonight against Winnipeg? I No, I didn't think it was a surefire loss against Winnipeg. No. Yeah, Winnipeg's a top team in the West, but they didn't play their best goalie, I don't think. So, yeah. I, can see I that. mean, they did have Sharks legend uh, Vladislav Nemesnikov with them. So, so maybe cheesy. I should have thought higher so of it. Cheesy. We just stunk. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Colorado, 6 p.m. Uh, then Thursday uh, in St. Louis, 5 p.m. And then Saturday in Minnesota, 7.30 p.m. Aaron, should these all be games that help us get that much closer to Connor Bedard? Yes. Yes, they should probably lose all three of these games. 
That is um, Colorado will be tough. They're back to back. So they're right. playing Winnipeg and now they fly to Colorado and they'll be playing at altitude tomorrow. <laughs> Six o'clock. That's brutal. So uh, scheduled loss. Anyone? Uh, David <laughs> says he was counting the uh, the FK. We'll, we'll just leave it at that. Uh, there were a lot of them. Of course, he's speaking about uh, Coach Quinn's uh, tirade uh, to the I think it refs. I'm surprised uh, that you were counting because I lost count. I'm not even sure I can count that high, to be honest I, with you. I think it was over a dozen. It was, it was 12 or 13 or Well over like a baker's that. dozen, my friend. Yeah. So, Oh, uh, Nick is saying Saturday is actually at home. Yes. My oh, bad. sorry. That's supposed to say versus Minnesota. Okay, sorry, it's, that's Aaron's bad then, whatever. My bad. <laughs> Playing against his old team, old Vladdy, that one-day contract. You got it, Kellen. Um Let's see. Speaking of uh, games at home, Aaron, we've got uh, Saturday, March 18th coming up is uh, Silicon Valley Pride event, Pride Night uh, at the tank. Do you want to go ahead and take this one away? Sure. Saturday, March 18th against the New York Islanders. Um, They're selling tickets for the Pride event, and that will get you into. Where is it? I'm blanking. Sorry. Uh, There's a pregame reception. We went to this. I can't remember if it was last year or if it was two years ago, but we went to it. Um, it's kind of cool. You get to go down at the, basically the ice level. There's a little room. I don't, I don't know if it'll be the same room, but I'm guessing. And, uh, there's a little reception with some food you get to hang out and have some drinks, meet some people. You get a cool pride hat. And then, uh, you can choose either the upper level or lower level for your seat. And, um, a portion of the tickets are going to go to the volunteer run nonprofit organization, Silicon Valley pride. And after the game, everyone gets to go on the ice around the uh, face-off circle, and they'll take a giant picture. And you can see it kind of in that little. Well, he took the graphic down, but it's you'll get your picture taken at center ice, which is pretty cool. Um, I think I will be there. Depends if I'm in town. If I'm in town, I will be there. How about you? I am uh, probably not going to be able to. We've got a whole lot of stuff going on with um, 10A Cougars hockey, so. Huh. I'm not sure that we'll be able to make this one. Yeah, especially because it's a Saturday. Yeah, so probably Super Producer Jason and I will be at this game if I'm in town. Very cool. Um, and you can follow them on uh, Instagram at SV Pride. So there you go. SPJ will be there. He says. Oh, and and he's put uh, the link for the uh, the tickets. If you oh, like yeah, to it's in the it's in the chat. It should be also if you're not watching live. Uh, down below in the description you can click right there it'll take you right to get the tickets perfect okay there you go guys i think that's the show my goodness uh an hour and 20 in hey uh guys thank you so much for sticking around i know we're a little bit long-winded here but uh and and you guys are for going sleep as someone mentioned uh much earlier in the show but we do appreciate you guys sticking around with us so much um you know again there are lots of ways you can support the show one of which is through uh super chat function um, you can do that or you can go to Venmo at the fin factor and you put comment in either one of those. And uh, if it shows up on the show, we'll go ahead and read that out live to you guys. Uh, of course, that does help support the show as long as, or as well as going to the fin We can pick up hats, shirts, water bottles, uh, fanny packs, sweatshirts, all kinds of stuff. We have tons of swag that's there. So if you'd like to support the show that way and also get something back in return, that is the best place to go. Uh, Aaron, do you have any other last comments that you want to pull out? Any last things to say to people? No, just uh, wow. go sharks, but don't go 
too bad, too good. Lundy says just beat the Wild, and I, I yeah. Lundy, I disagree with you, my friend. We have to lose to every team we possibly can. <laughs> in regulation, the twelve points, buddy. We would have been so far behind everybody else if we just lost in regulation. We just stunk. Even when we stink, we stink. You know, goodness gracious. Uh, Kellen Foster, I'm going to end the show with this with this comment right here. Great show. Hey, Kellen, we appreciate you, man. You're one of those guys that's always here every single time. Uh, you make this fun uh, for for me and for Aaron, for Superdish Jason, and for everybody else in the chat. So, again, we do appreciate you guys popping in with your comments, uh, just making this a good old time. Uh, again, this the season has, has kind of gone uh, awry, but uh, we're doing the best we can, and we're sure happy that we can uh, – share our misery with some other folks and maybe make it a little bit of fun for you guys. So there you go. Aaron, last comment. You good? Uh, Kellen is also in our fantasy hockey league. Okay. <laughs> so we talk a lot. Cat says, bye boys. Always fun listening to you. Bye cat. Thank you so much for being here. And for the folks in the podcast, uh, we don't see your comments most times. And there's really not many comments there, but we see that you're listening. So again, uh, thank you guys for listening as well for super producer, Jason. I'm Paul and I'm Aaron. And we will see you guys. We just stunk. <laughs> Next week. Next <laughs> week. It always gets me, man. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. If you like this episode, check out our other content, especially interviews. You can interact with us directly through social media at The Fin Factor and on Instagram at Fin Factor. And don't forget to join our live streams on YouTube. Visit our website at thefinfactor.com, where you'll find all of our episodes as videos or podcasts. You'll also find our exclusive merchandise to help support our show.